Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby. I am here with the incomparable Tarina. Hello out there. For those of you joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. All right. So now the big, if you looked at the title, right, the title is uh, NVIDIA and ARC. What do they have in common? But I don't want to start with that because (laughs) the big news this week or this coming week is going to be, uh, you know, the central bank meeting in Jackson Hole. Oh. Federal Reserve meets in Jackson Hole with other uh, World Bank leaders. Don't they they usually, didn't they do that in June or July? No, the the Jackson Hole is always in August. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, they did it last August and they said, hey, we need to bring pain to the markets. They Um, said they were going to raise rates and they did. mm Mm-hmm. Yep, they eventually. Needed, uh, <laughs> they, they started, and yeah, they said it's going to have an impact. And what they needed was to have, um, to have businesses suffer enough that they didn't give raises. Hmm. You know, so they wanted higher unemployment. Now they haven't actually seen the unemployment, but they did that. They said that that was necessary in order to start cutting inflation. Mm-hmm. Well, by the numbers, the rate of inflation increase has slowed. Mm-hmm. All right. N- not that it's reversed. You can see that mm-hmm. the prices are still high and yes, getting higher, mm-hmm. but the rate of price increases has slowed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're meeting their goals without seeing the recession that they expected by raising rates and, and um, you know, uh, starting to sell off some of their, their holdings. Well... Because um, as we've seen in the last week, there's been some a little bit of a downturn in some mm-hmm. of the markets and things like that. And other companies have had some downturns. And um, now the all of a sudden the news is starting to come out with news that's like stock investors are, are starting to get out. Stock investors are getting a little nervous. And yes. so I think, I think this is also a buildup to Wyoming you know, to the conference and stuff and, and, and the bankers and their meeting and things like that is, and they saw that downturn and it's making some of the investors nervous. They're like, okay, the ride's over and we've been signaled, you know, <laughs> yep. be a little bit more cautious. It may not downturn, who knows? I mean, but I mean, I did read an article with where they quoted Michael Berry, where he said, I thought the downturn was going to be like, like, he's like, I thought it was in March. He said, I thought there was going to be a downturn, but Maybe it's not going to happen as soon as I thought it would. And he's like, I could be wrong, you know, but Michael Burry still is doing stuff where he's saying, I'm putting it down. Like someone just said, didn't he just put a put on the SPY? Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge signal. Yeah. But Michael Burry sees the markets the way it is. Sometimes I, because he used to be a doctor, right? And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I look at him and I think he's reading that chart like it's an EKG and he's like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah so michael looks like looks like they were about to have a heart attack or just maybe small movements maybe they're making these small movements the fed and 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 it seems like the stock market is kind of saying okay the economy is getting rocky and and stuff and maybe we'll go down a little bit i don't know yeah. And that is the plan. That was what the Fed wanted to do. Okay, I'll stop. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Burry has, you know, ha- has been a perpetual bear. He he made oh. a, you know, a vast amount of money back in 2008 by shorting the market. Oh, yeah. Um the big short. Yes. And typically 
you know, for everyone out there, uh, your biggest win tends to become your favorite trick. Mm-hmm. And so Michael Burry is now being categorized as a perma bear. He's always looking for an opportunity to short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what? They that that works for him. That's the way to go. I, I guess, don't know if he's him. a perma bear, but yeah. Well, he's not. He's just being described as a perma bear. Now, on the other side of of Michael Burry would be um, oh, what's her name from Ark, uh, Kathy Woods. Mm-hmm. Kathy Woods is perpetually a a bull. Mm-hmm. always buying something that she thinks is just going to skyrocket to the moon. And um, it probably will if someone finds out that she bought it. Oh, she bought it. Well, okay. Right? Yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit later um, in this program. But you know, right now, and we're also going to talk about the, the uh, markets being down in just a minute. Mm-hmm. What I want to concentrate on right now is this Jackson Hole thing. Yeah, Jackson Hole. Okay. Because, um, you know, while no moves are going to be made at the Jackson Hole meeting, mm-hmm. It does provide both the tone and tenor of the next fiscal year mm-hmm. from that point forward, um, at least from the money supply side, right? The money supply people, the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And, and so as, as they come out and, and actually talk about what, you know, what that tone and tenor is going to be, you can expect to see a reaction in the market, either the upside or the downside. Now, last year... Um, you know, it was decidedly bad. We saw a little bit of reaction, but then it started to recover until September, and then it went down through October. Mm-hmm. All right. This year, we don't see, you know, things aren't nearly as good as they were last year. Mm-hmm. The markets are seeing already. I mean, if you're if you're look, if the they Fed are was seeing looking, a downturn. I mean, last year was like up. Everybody was like, it's up, it's up, it's up. Yeah, well, not only that, but but last year, the businesses were looking at the next year saying, oh, you know, we see that there could be some problems in the coming year. But mm-hmm. this year, they've seen the problems. Mm-hmm. And and we are seeing some some major difficulties. Uh, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, we, we have seen banks actually fail. In mm-hmm. fact, there have been more bank failures to a larger degree this just this last year than there was from 2008 all the way through 2011. Mm. All right. Now, and Lehman Brothers was a bank, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't scared the market enough, evidently, because, um, you know, it hasn't gone down. Now, it, it has gone down over the last couple of days, and that's something that we'll discuss, you know, the whys and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But, well, it may not scare the markets enough because people don't know their history or people didn't live through it. I mean, back in 2008, 2011, you still had people who lived through the Depression. You still had people who remember what it was like to live through a depression and when banks were having massive failures yeah. right off the bat. Well, and, and so we have we have younger generation that's investing that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they know some of it about the history and stuff and it was sad in school, but maybe their grandparents had died and they hadn't heard the stories or maybe they don't know anybody who lived through the Great Depression. Well, and, and you're right, you know, to a large degree. We've had we've got a I'm new saying. generation of people. And, and if you look, actually, there is a generational divide. So if you're looking at the Jeremy Granthams, the Warren Buffetts, you know, people that have been there, done that over a long period of time, all of them are saying the same thing. You know, this is, this is shaping up to be just another, you know, another 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been 
they've been banging that drum for a little while because things just don't look right, either in the economy or with the markets. And there is a massive divide between what is going on in the companies mm-hmm. and what their stock prices are saying. All right, yeah. the stock prices look good. The companies look awful. Yeah, but because the majority of investors out or traders and investors out there have never been taught how to read the numbers, yeah, they don't it's all know. in sentiment, and so they don't know, and so there's a- yeah, so they're not reacting like you think that they should because they simply don't know how to do the math, and so hey, we're just going to go on our gut feelings, and the news keeps telling us that everything's okay. Or yeah. going to get better here in the next minute or so, you know, which well, is decidedly I, I think untrue. A, I think that's kind of a pointed. That's kind of a pointed statement there. Um, not that I say we were going into a depression, but it's really what the news says. Yeah. When the news says, "Oh no, it's hit." Well, I think broad spectrum wise, if you have a lot of news agencies coming out and saying, you know you know, stock investors are getting nervous and, oh, this was a down week and da-da-da. I mean, the other day I was listening to someone and, and they were like, well, we can either have the really big hit and it will hurt really, really bad or we can have a softer hit and it will hurt, but it won't hurt really, really bad and be super terrible. And so, and that was that was in a national news organization, you know, and so I think, it's really when the news decides to say we're not okay, then that's when the sentiment will change and really we'll really see well, it in the charts. P- potentially, yeah. potentially Okay, not. so what did you hear on Bloomberg yesterday? I think that's what I heard. <laughs> well, yeah, what you were hearing on Bloomberg is, oh, no, everything's down. Oh, what what in the world is going on? Well, right? I heard some someone say I, I this week, I heard someone say this week, look, it, it either it happens now and it's not as hard. It's not as hard and we and we slowly take it down or we keep pushing this off and it's going to be a huge, huge problem. Yeah. It's going to be a big hit. It's going to be a hard landing and it's going to be really, really bad. And that's what I was hearing. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, the two points on that. Number one, these news media people, and I'm probably going to get myself into trouble with this since they're the ones that put out the podcast, these news media people. <laughs> but um, I don't know. You know, these news media people, they'll... They just say anything that's in front of them. These aren't trained economists. They're not trained traders or investors. They just will take a story from anybody. Now, when they do that, they have to trust the veracity of the people telling them the story. But as we've seen in the past, you know, the the larger banks keep getting hit. The Mm -hmm. larger institutions keep getting hit by the SEC for what's, you know, for market manipulation. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is that they've given news stories, they've given information out to the general public that is not true, but serves their trading or investing needs, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you're looking at the news, you're listening to the news, you've got to wonder where they're getting their information because it's not from... And they are talking to people who work for these organizations. Right. Who have an agenda, which is not your agenda. Their agenda is, I need people to buy my stock or I need people to sell the stock so it goes to a lower price and I can buy it lower. Um, But if they want to buy it or they want to sell it, and they're telling you this to either drive the price up or drive the price down, then it's not going to serve your needs to listen to it and actually act on that information. That's why it's important to be looking at the charts and to know yes. how to see which way the chart's reading. I mean, I know plenty of traders who are like, I don't even watch the news. Yeah. I look at the charts. I know what 
reports are coming out and how that affects the market, but I don't watch the news because it affects my trading. And that's a professional take on, on, on trading. That's exactly right. All right. Now, the other point that I wanted to make is, you know, here we are in what is going to turn out to be an election year. All right. One year from November is election year. No politician wants the markets to be down during their tenure and especially during an election, election year. year. Yeah, because right. that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and so anybody friendly to the, you know, that party is going to say whatever is going to help that party. And so you can expect that conservative stations are going to talk about um, about how bad the economy is mm-hmm. and try and scare people in you know, for the economy, they'd like it down because that would better help the, you know, the, the conservative, conservative party get, get into, into office. And the, On the other hand, the more liberal, um, yeah, the more liberal leaning, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, news outlets yeah. are likely going to downplay any, anything that's bad in the economy or bad, you know, generally so that, so that they can, you know, tell a different story, I suppose. And be like, everything's good, everything... Yeah, we're, no problems no, here, right? Yeah, we got to raise the inflation, yeah. but this is normal, and this is okay, and, and things. And, I mean, there are cycles. There are cycles. Yeah. So. Yeah. At, at any rate, you know, th- so the thing is, is that this... That with the Federal Reserve coming out, this is going to cause a reaction. There's going to be a typical reaction from it. How long is that going to last really depends on you know, on who stays in the the uh, markets or, or gets back in. We've seen a large push out of the markets by the larger institutions over the last little while and into the bond market. And so if you're, if you've been holding bonds, hey, you know, mm-hmm. it's been great for you. Yeah. Um, obviously, but, uh, but if you've been holding stocks, generally not so good. All right. Um, well, there's always so- a stock that Here's the thing is, I guess when I talk to like traders and our students here and, um, and our instructors, they're always like, if you can't find it in one chart, you'll find it in another chart. You'll find it in another mm-hmm. stock. You know, if everything's going down and you want to be bullish, you'll find that chart, but you need to know if it's a safe a safe stock to trade yeah. and such. Is it being and, affected by what's currently going on or does it or, have something else behind it, right? Yeah, does it and or or sell it. I mean, you need to just know which way that chart is showing you. Yes. That the direction is. Yep, the trend is your friend. Tell the bend, the bend at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. So, at, at any rate, having said all of that, you know, w- when it comes to Jackson Hole, it's been said that you should never fight the Fed, which typically would mean that when they come out and they talk about what they're going to be doing over the next year. Mm-hmm. And the Federal Reserve has been very consistent. They have done what they have said they were going to do. I'm very, no surprises. I really appreciate them doing that, by the way. Yeah, well, not all I people guess it's, do. I guess it's the way that they say <laughs> our hands are clean. You know what I mean? We told you. Yeah. We're going to raise yeah. the rates. Well, also, you know, what they're trying to do is is control the reaction to what happens. And so if they, if they tell everybody what's going to happen, then people have pre- have time to prepare That's true. for that action. They're not surprised when it actually happens. And so we don't see the surprises in the market, right? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this last year might have looked like it changed that because the Federal Reserve said, hey, we are going to purposefully um, mess with the market here. That's what they said last year. Mm. Right. We're going to purposefully take this thing down. And so, you know, 
But that didn't really go down. (laughs) It didn't. Well, it it didn't. It went down through October, but then it started to recover, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's been recovering ever since up until uh, just this last week, actually. Mm -hmm. All right. When the credit rating of the United States was downgraded. Yeah. And then it started down, right? Um, But yeah, generally, you don't fight the Fed. This last year, people have been fighting the Fed. Now, it's yet to be seen if that's going to be wise or not. But mm-hmm. we have seen the markets do a, a fair amount of recovery, mm-hmm. even though the companies have felt the pain that the Federal Reserve, you know, was expressing. Yep. So, you know, fight the Fed, don't fight the Fed. Uh, I suggest doing what Tarina says and just follow the chart myself, <laughs> okay? Now, both as a trader and investor, because even as an investor, you want to Try and get out and preserve what capital you've gained mm-hmm. at at the the top. Yeah, and people will try and tell you you never know where the top is. Why? Why don't you know where the top is? I mean, really, how many times in two thousand eight before it dropped did you hear Warren Buffett and Jeremy Grantham and Dan Ackerman and all of the big guys say, "Hey, guys, this is getting stupid." How many times before the 2000 drop did you hear the same people and Jeremy Siegel and, you know, in the Harvard, all of them, all of them were saying the same thing. Guys, air's getting thin. This is stupid. It's going to go down. Okay. And if you'd done nothing but wait until it started going down before you got out, you'd still have preserved, you know, 45, uh, well, yeah, it went down 50%. So you could have preserved, you know, five or, I don't know, the top, everything but the top five or 10%, even mm-hmm. if you waited mm-hmm. before before you saw an acknowledged downturn, right? Get out 10% down and you've still preserved 90% um, of what you had instead of losing 50% of, of everything you had. You've only lost 10, right? Mm-hmm. So a preservation of 40%. Yeah, so obviously there are those out there that are picking out the tops who are somewhere near the top. Yeah. Why in the world in your investing would you hold through a mass a major downturn? I don't know. To avoid the tax man? That doesn't make any sense because if you've been holding for a year, you know, you're out of it you're into the tax man about 15% of all of your gains. If you've held But the why same are you taking stock. a 50% loss? Well, and for to preserve or to not pay out fifteen percent, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, anything over four hundred thousand, yeah, it's it's an extra five percent. But again, twenty percent, this doesn't make sense. So anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, here we've got the uh, Federal Reserve going through Jackson Hole, and now I want to change and talk about the surprise in the markets. All right, now here's the thing. Okay, mm-hmm. last week. When we were on this program, this podcast, we talked about the uh, the U.S. credit getting downgraded, right? Right. And I said then, yeah, last time this happened, we, we experienced a 7%, 7% drop in the markets. Right. I remember that. Yeah. And, and so all of the sudden this week, all of the news are shocked that the markets are going down. Shocked. Okay. <laughs> Now, now that just highlights what we've been saying before, okay? <laughs> the media, not <laughs> trained, <laughs> right? So, and they um, don't understand it. That's not what they went to school for. They, they right. take journalism classes. They can research, but they kind of have to have someone well, who's training in con. Yes, but can, research without context 
is is bad. All right. Now, any medical professional out there will tell you that that their worst patients are the ones that will come in having researched on the internet exactly what they have wrong with them. It's getting better, though. <laughs> I will say that there there are some better sites. Like now you have like Johns Hopkins and you yeah. have Mayo Clinic and those kind of things where you can actually look up, you know, decent stuff that's like has studies to back it up. Yep. yep. So. Yeah, anyway. But you're right. Anyways, so <laughs> that's the same thing with yeah. journalism so and journalism will do the economics. Same thing. That's exactly right. Yeah, they think they've got the full picture. They don't. But they've they've researched a couple of symptoms, mm-hmm. and so and, and they have very short memories, you know. So last week the credit was downgraded. This week the markets dropped, and now it's a shock because they forgot that we were downgraded in our credit rating, which is kind of big. There's a seven percent drop in the markets when that happens. Well, and really, if we were thinking about it as a as a person, it would be like getting your credit report and having it downgraded. Yeah, and all of a sudden now the lenders, those who want to lend money to you, are saying, "Yeah, we'll you're do not, it. We'll but, do it, but you're going to get a higher, you know." Yeah. Now where you used to be at nine percent, you're at fifteen percent. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that's just yeah. the way it is. That's where we do it. That's what was going on, and so now the world looks at our country that has been downgraded, and the banking system, the World Bank, is like, "Hmm, yeah. you guys are on borrowed time." <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, and now that that. That OPEC is going to accept, you know, any currency, any currency yeah. that also has a huge um, impact on us. Right. As well. So, yeah. So, so the point is here is that there's no surprise that we have continued to retreat from the highs that we made earlier this month. Right. Right. No, no shock at all. Or mm-hmm. at least there shouldn't be a surprise. You know, and so the real question is, is the news media, who advises them? I mean, who's writing their material, right? Because this shouldn't have been a surprise. They didn't know that this was coming? Really? They probably did. Well, they certainly forgot because they were acting all shocked and shaken. Well, I mean, the news is always shocked and shaken. You know, what was it? There was that new report that came out that was like, people who read the news or watch the news are more depressed. Like For, By 40 times. By yeah, 40, 40 times. 40 and, times the incidence of depression and among I, those that are avid news watchers. And funny thing is, is I stopped watching the news about three weeks before that. I was like, I can't take anymore. I mean, I didn't even get on Facebook for like two or three weeks. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I started reading the news and I was like, oh, I feel terrible. Like every day, just at the end of it, I was like, Yeah. Now, so the problem here is, is that, you know, for people that know what's going on, when they Mm -hmm. saw the credit rating downgrade, they should have thought to themselves, hey, time to maybe pull out, right? Take some risk off the table in the markets. Because this this thing is probably going to go down. It has every time it's been downgraded. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so this is probably the high of at least the local season. Right. Time to get out or get short, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the people that don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. that don't understand how things work, are right now listening to the news getting scared. And after they've already you know, lost several percentage points, after it's already well down, mm-hmm. now they're thinking about getting out. But they're not sure. They're going to watch and see and take more of a loss. So, you know, yeah, it's been said that ignorance is bliss. Not in the markets. Yeah, I don't know where that's true, but it's (laughs) certainly not in financial matters. Okay? Right. As evidenced by this instance. Well, and so if you understood trend analysis, you would look at the chart and be like, 
it's in a downtrend yeah. or depending on the time frame that you're looking at your chart, but that's in a downtrend. And I think in the, the greater timeline, the greater authority of that trend. And so, I mean, yeah. it could just be a, a small downtrend for a little bit and go up, or it could be the start of a downtrend. I mean, when the last major downtrend happened, there was, there was a wink <laughs> in the chart that said, Hey, we're going to be taking yep. a downtrend in a couple of months and such. Okay, now for what you all have been waiting for, okay? Because the title of this um, of this podcast was <laughs> NVIDIA and ARC, What Do They Have in Common? Right. All right. We need to move on, not the wink, you know, not the well, wink. Hey, everything has a wink. Guess what else has had a wink? What's had a wink? NVIDIA and ARC, both of Ooh. them. Have. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll talk about it. But, um, you know, what do they have in common? And the answer is they both have the Eiffel Tower in common. Mm. All right, now the Eiffel Tower is kind of uh, trading jargon for a certain, uh, for, for something that happens in the, in the charts, right? And that's where it's almost like just going up like an Eiffel Tower. It's just yeah. straight up. There's not Straight like up this, and then straight down. There's not a pause between up and down. It's yes. kind of like, okay, are we pausing? Are we going to go up or down? And then they go up. It's like, we're going up and then we're going up more and then we're going up more. Yeah. Well, so normal progression would be kind of a stair step type thing, up, yeah. right? It goes up, it pauses, it drops a little bit, goes up, pauses, drops, drops a, little a little bit. bit. Uh, same up. thing on the way down, goes down, pauses, drops a little bit. All right. Now, when you see an Eiffel Tower, it runs up just straight up, hits a point mm-hmm. and then drops right back down. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right. And, and so, you know, especially on the bigger picture, what you're seeing is that when something is racing up like that, mm-hmm. then it's just too hot to hold. It, it's going to drop. And you, you don't know when, but there is a way to handle it. Okay. Uh, so we're mm-hmm. going to talk about both of those. Now, both of these, both NVIDIA and ARC. Yes. N- now, NVIDIA is a company. It's an actual stock. ARC is a fund. Mm-hmm. And it's full of different companies. And one of those companies is NVIDIA. But it also has Coinbase and things like that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing is, is that, is that when, when you're looking at Eiffel Towers, you're looking at an emotional response to something. Yes. Okay. And, and when, that, when it's shooting up, these Eiffel Towers only really come when the majority of the market is in what's called FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now... FOMO attitude attracts novices to certain things. This is going to be the one that just takes me over the top. Exactly. Because all novices, what they're looking for is winning the lottery, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so they're looking for that magic ticket out there. What's that going to be? And uh, recently, it's been things like NVIDIA and Coinbase, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) things like that before it was something like uh, i don't know tesla (laughs) yeah yeah exactly or um wait 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 what's that gamestop (laughs) yeah and and so now we're talking about nvidia and you're going to ask yourself was that really you know emotional because hey they're they're the first ones to come out with this ai chip and that's really big news because because that could make them a lot of money yeah right it could all right well let's put that into context okay uh, the announcement of an AI chip did increase, it, it increased the market cap of this particular stock by $419.9 billion. Yes. 14, or $419.9 billion, the market cap. Now, that doesn't mean that they were 
that the company themselves, their revenues, their profit was $419 billion billion more. That's just what people felt. That was the sentiment. And they could be right. I mean, AI is very important right now. It's the new hot topic. It's like... Microsoft and Google and Apple. Yeah. Oh, okay. But let's let's look at this in terms. But it could terms... be a BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so let's look at this in terms of reality versus emotion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when you're looking at something, now you've got a new announcement and the stock starts racing up. Then you've got to ask yourself: Is this an emotional response? Because if it's a, if it's a straight up emotional response and it's racing up, then it's going to be an Eiffel Tower. It's yeah. going to hit a point, and the emotion is going to reverse, and it's going to drop right off. Yeah, exactly. Okay? And so, all right. So, you, you it, if you're looking at an emotional response, then that's what it's going to be. And here's the emotional response that I saw. Okay, mm-hmm. the market price increased. Um, where are my numbers? Increased. Uh, what, $107 per share? Mm-hmm. $107. It shot up. Okay. And for the millions of the 2.4 million um, shares out there, something mm-hmm. like that. All right. That's a market cap increase. That That's saying that the company should be worth. If it shot up $107 per share, then the company should be worth $107 in revenue over a 10-year period per share. And so this would have to mean that the company was going to make an extra, in profit, an extra $41 billion per year. Did you double check your math on that? Double checked it, triple checked it, quadruple checked it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that reality? No. No. So far this year, they have not done anywhere close to that. Okay. But here's it, the it thing. Not it doesn't matter kind of because it's all about sentiment. So these people, they were like, ooh, I love Namidia, something cool. All right, let's shoot it up. Or they know it's going to go down and they want somebody wanted to shoot it up and get as much profit as possible. All right. Yeah. So what you're saying is that the the price of the stock is not, is, is not, um, cannot be told by the value of the company. The fundamentals. That the fundamentals do not matter, and you're absolutely right. But here's, here's my contention with what's going on, okay? <clears throat> when you see something that happens and you see an outsized move, yes. something that is way above where it should be, mm-hmm. something that doesn't make any sense financially, mm-hmm. then you have an emotional response. And you can act upon that emotional response. Yes, Okay. And so it's important to to know what's going on if you're going to be professional about this, because otherwise you're simply running along with the sentiment. Well, the sentiment doesn't know where the top or the bottom is. And so the sentiment is going to get FOMO, fear of missing out. And they're going to keep buying all the way to the top. And shooting it up. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, the market's going to turn fearful. It's going to start dropping. And only then when they've already lost money, do they start getting out. That's true. And so what you'd want to do is you want to Raise your stop. You hit another segment. You hit another segment. Hit another segment as it's going up. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, you have like this trailing stop that you're adjusting. And then when it turns and comes back yeah. out, you should be getting out. Exactly. Because you have that stop set. And yeah. so. Now, NVIDIA never did make sense from a fundamental standpoint. Well, okay? most startups don't. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the CP, the, the PE ratio. Mm-hmm which is a measure of the price that you're paying to the earnings that the company 
<laughs> has. In essence, in essence, if the company were to take all of its profits and give it to the shareholders, the stock owners, yeah. in the form of dividends, how long would it take to justify the price that you just paid? Okay. How many years? Okay, and in this case, uh, at the current price, with the current profits of NVIDIA, mm-hmm. it would take 227 years <laughs> of dividends, of paying out all money and dividends, all profits and dividends, to justify the price that is that is right now, after dropping 15%, mind you. Oh, dear. To justify the price that was just paid. So wow. this makes zero sense. It was clearly an emotional response. Right. All right. And what you need to do is see it. Go ahead and tag along if you want, but be prepared to pull when it starts staggering. And pull fast because slippage, it sucks. Yes. On the wrong side of slippage. Now, if you're on the right side of slippage, it's... Awesome. Yeah. So. Yep. So anyway, um, in order to justify the, the kind of price that that it went up, then yes. the earnings per share, by the way, mm-hmm. just to put this into context, the earnings per share currently $1.91 would have to be $172 per share. Oh my gosh. Obviously, there's a little bit of a disparity there. There is. Yeah. There is. And it's interesting. It's kind of kind of feel like it's toying with with economic history and ec- ah. and, and economic futures because yes. because yes. now we're getting into more sentiment and it makes me go back to the markets when they have these bull runs and then people like and then it went to bear these bear runs you know or whatever you guys these bear it, yeah well, well so and so then people would lose their money and they would be great and then it'd be down and then it'd be great and then it'd be down yeah and all those history kind of things and it I wonder if they had similar similar historical company changes at those points where people were moving out of the horse and buggy and into the automobile area era or where they were moving from shipping into the train era and then the train era into the automobile era and then the automobile era into the airplane area like new technology drove those sentimental markets where they became bull markets and then they fell well into these bear markets yeah so so the biggest driver of of uh, sentimental markets is simply access to markets Mm. okay Okay. um so prior to the roaring 20s it was it was actually <clears throat> the bond market was the largest market and and that actually continued until ooh, well into the 1950s okay all right the bond well the bond market is still larger than the stock market but um if you were going to if you were going to invest it was largely into the bond market mm-hmm. now in the 1920s that changed a little bit because it was discovered that you could make a lot of money really fast in the stock market. Okay. Right? And, and so the roaring 20s came and we saw a massive surge of new entrants, um, you know, where the stock market used to be reserved for just very, people that were very well off. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you saw speculators. In fact, the term don't bet the farm on it came, came from... from- the Great Depression era, where people in the roaring 20s were mortgaging their farm in order to put money into the market, hoping to strike it rich. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, the market crash came. And they lost their farm. And they lost, yeah, they lost everything. And so, obviously, their mortgage was more expensive than they could afford. They lost yeah. it, right? You're, you're exactly right. Now, the next time that we had massive sentiment shift... All right, mm-hmm. and a massive change up in who was in the market was in 1996 at the advent of the internet. Mm. And yes. now 
before that, you had to be a professional or you had to call a professional in order to buy, right? You wanted, yeah. you wanted to buy stock, you call up a broker and they actually initiate the order for you on the trading floors. Mm-hmm. But in 1996, all of a sudden, Scott Trade decided, hey, why can't the general public just do this themselves? We'll let them put in their own orders, which will transmit automatically to the market floor, mm-hmm. right? And 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 when that happened, all of a sudden you had a whole bunch of spectator or speculators, people that have no idea what a what a company is valued at, and therefore mm-hmm. what the stocks should be valued at, mm-hmm. enter into the market. And so we saw a massive run up from 1996 to 2000. The you know we saw that Eiffel Tower movement. It just whoop straight mm-hmm. up. And then all of a sudden in 2000 we caught on. Hey, that doesn't look right. Maybe we shouldn't think that it's going to go on forever and so there was a turnaround and we saw a 50 percent drop in the market it dropped all the way down to 1994 levels mm-hmm. right yeah um but we still had people in the market you know speculators well, you also in the market had people who were talking about like well these companies these companies that were investing these googles and these mm-hmm. microsofts and stuff they don't they basically have intellectual patent rights. They basically, there's really no, there's no substance to them. And they were saying they're not Nothing like blue, blue, blue sky below them. Yeah. That's there's exactly no blue right. chip and stuff. And so there was no hard commodity there for them. But here's the thing is now we live in an, in an intellectual world where it's just, sure. I mean, we've always had an intellectual world, but we, it's always been like these, now we live in, hey, I can look it up on Google and I can build it. And it's an information yeah. age. It's an information system. And so that is the well, gold standard. And what you're saying is companies are opinion. less commodity-based and more software-based, more, more digital-based than they used digital to be. digital and service-based yes. and things. So, well, that's, that's true. You know, but and so that's what you're investing in in the future. I mean, yes, yes, that's true. My point is, is that every time we've seen high speculation, mm-hmm. the people that are in the markets are less professional. We've seen massive rises and massive drops, okay? Yeah. And so ever since the internet, did you know, by the way, that if you look at all of, of uh, you know, from 1900 up to 1999, mm-hmm. do you know how many drops in the market that we had that were larger than 30%? percent Two. In 100 years. Wow. We've already had four. In the first? In, since 2000. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. And so that's that's showing this these massive swings up and down caused by speculation, FOMO and fear, right? Fear of missing out, greed and fear on the backside. So something goes wrong, everybody gets fearful and dumps. Now that hasn't happened. There's things to be fearful about right now. Like I said, SVB larger than Lehman Brothers, but it didn't dump the market. Okay. We've had more banks fail now than we had uh, in, from 2008 to 2011, just in the last 12 months alone, didn't dump the market. We've well, had... Because of sentiment, because it's not, people aren't freaking out like yes, they did before that. Yes, the speculators that. don't know any better. They have not started dumping off. That you're exactly right. Now, as, as you know, a trader, you don't really care. Yeah. You, you know, who cares? Market's going up, you, you tag along up. Market's going down down fine tag along down who cares yeah right but as investors especially those that think that the buy and hold still works yeah and by the way if you if you need if you need it in the numbers to show that that that's probably a bad strategy ever since the year 2000 come on in 
All right. And, and I'll, I'll sh- we'll just do a couple of, we'll do some numbers just to check it out. Okay. Okay. Um, at, at any rate, ever since then, you know, when, what we're looking at is, is a new playing field. And we've got to we've got to play around with the playing field, and we've got to understand how to how to utilize it because you know everybody's seeing that there are these runs like Nvidia and like Arc that you could tag along with. Mm-hmm. Now Arc is a fund, mm-hmm. but Kathy Wood has tagged along or tried to tag along with all of these things that could shoot up. Mm-hmm. Now the problem with a fund doing this instead of a person is that the fund can't get out when it starts going down. Okay, trying to get out when it starts going down is like them trying to catch a falling knife. Chances are it's going to stab you in the hand because when you've got millions and millions of dollars and it's going down, the fund selling out only acerbates the move down. It causes it to move down faster. And so the fund has to sell out slowly and surely over time waiting for other people who don't know any better to come in and buy from them, mm-hmm. right? So that they can get out at higher prices than it's eventually going to be at the bottom. Um, and, and Kathy Wood has made a habit of, of looking for, and I think that, you know, she must have had a young investor yeah. sometime, mm-hmm. caught something that spiked up and she made a lot of money. And that's become her new style. <laughs> I don't know. my mic, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like Michael Burry um, was able to catch things on the way down. At any rate... Yeah, so Kathy Wood, she runs ARC. ARC is having some some pretty, uh, yeah, ARC is a mutual fund, exactly. Yeah, and mutual fund is just a basket of stocks, right? Um, but it's professionally managed, so it has, just like ETFs, is, is a basket of, of stocks, like the S&P 500 and things like that. But these mutual funds typically have higher, um, I, I don't know, higher fees. Mm-hmm. And so over time, mutual funds typically don't perform as well as like the ETFs, the S&P 500. Okay, because when you said it was a like fund, that. I was like, well, is it an exchange traded fund or is it a mutual fund? No, it's a mutual because fund. Because you said it exacerbates it. And I was like, well, usually if it's if they're replacing things like the S&P 500, they're replacing the 500 right. best companies. If you like suck, they're going to pull you out. You know, there's going to come a time when they're like, sorry, you're not the best this one is now. But what you're saying to me is, ARC is a mutual fund. It just has the same yeah. cap stocks or whatever in there. And then when it goes poorly, right. it just... Well, you, yeah, you it has no choice but to try and get out slowly while the price is dropping. Now, okay. an individual, they could pull everything at the top and, and you know, they, the company's stock would never even feel it. Because you're so small. You're because just- you're so small. But if ARC did that, then, you know, what takes the stock down in the first place is more selling pressure than buying pressure. Right. So when you have a big fund with, you know, mil- hundreds of millions of dollars in it, all of a sudden pull out all at once, then it just craters the stock. Right. Well, that doesn't do, that doesn't do the fund any good. And so they say buy and hold. They right. say just hold on to it. You weather the storm out. Well, well, not only that, but if they want to get out of a stock because mm-hmm. it's done its trick, they can't get out all at the top. They have to slowly get out while it's going down. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, and so an individual has massive advantages over over a fund because over like a I mutual said, fund over a mutual fund even even the um S&P 500 even the you know ETFs the exchange mm-hmm. traded funds they couldn't they couldn't get out of something without actually affecting the stock because they simply hold too much of it 
And okay. so when they sell it all at once, boom, you know, it's gone. Well, that craters the stock. But an individual won't crater the stock, and so they can get out at the price that they want, unlike the fund who will be getting out at the high price and the I'm low getting price really confused. I don't know if anybody else is, so. Okay, so, so look at it this way, all right? There are only so many shares available to buy or sell at, at, at the same time. Yes, I know. All right, so let's say that ARC with $400 million worth of shares uh-huh. in something like NVIDIA. Yeah. Right? Who's That are selling at like $232 a piece or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now it wants to sell all of those shares. But they can't. They, they hold, yeah, they hold several million shares. And if they, if they the were to put down. all of those on the market all at once, then everything um, is in a supply and demand type right. thing. You overload the supply and the price bottoms out. Right. And so they can't get rid of everything at the best price, even if they wanted to. Yeah. There's going to be some people that will buy it at the high price and then it goes lower and they buy it and they buy it. So even if they put it everything on the market at once, what would happen is it would exacerbate the move down faster. Right. And so they wouldn't be able to sell everything you know, it would just crater that stock. The well, stock that's price. why you have market manipulation. Yes. And so what they do is they'll sell a little bit off at the top and then they wait for, for things to, you know, it'll shoot that down. that down. And then they wait for it to um, to stabilize again and come back up and they sell it off again. Mm-hmm. And, and that keeps pushing it down, but they're getting better prices on the way down. Yeah. Right? So that's what Kathy Woods is stuck with, not what an individual would be stuck with. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, um, an individual has a huge advantage when they want to try and time these things. Uh, a fund really can't do a whole bunch to time. Not as well. Right. All right. At least in these type of stocks. And this is why Kathy Woods Arcs has massive ups and massive downs because she is with this. And when, you know, at the same time that NVIDIA is going up, the same people that are interested in catching the ride with NVIDIA, right? Mm-hmm. Those fo- that FOMO crowd, which is typically those that aren't trained well in the markets, mm-hmm. they also get very bullish on other stocks that mm-hmm. would be in this category of, hey, this could make me rich. You know, this, mm-hmm. is, this, is, the next, uh, uh, this is the next thing. So things like Tesla, things like uh, Coinbase, they're getting into those all at the same time. And so it pushes it all up at all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so you see ARC, which is in all of those things, shoot straight up. But that is an Eiffel Tower move. It's going to come straight back down, which is exactly what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So what do they have in common? Well, it's emotion. And Sentiment. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what moves the market ultimately. But those that are trained understand how to take advantage of the market, how to find it at the top and and find it at the bottom of that sentiment. Okay? All right. So um, there are opportunities out there, but you have to know what you're doing in order to get the best opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point. All right. So if you want to learn how to trade and invest better, or simply take control of your own financial future instead of letting somebody else do it that isn't going to be as effective as you would be all by yourself. Well, it turns out we teach you how. All right, we're Online Trading Academy. 25 years of exceptional service. It's now 26 26 years. 26 years. 97% student satisfaction rate. Okay, so if you want to learn, give us a shot. Um, All you have to do, we've got free classes, both online classes and in-person classes. Um, If you're in the Phoenix area, the in-person classes are much better. 
I even teach most of them. All right. So come in, uh, just visit our website and get registered for one of those. The website is www.tradingacademy.com. That's www.tradingacademy.com. Hope you've enjoyed it and we hope to see you next week. And uh, if not sooner, if you come to a class. Yeah.